Okay. I've started talking. It's a podcast now. Okay. Are we good? Uh, you're clipping quite a bit, but that's okay. Oh, maybe it was because I was so excited about the podcast starting. Yes. Am I still clipping? No. Okay, good. Welcome to the past again. <laughs> we have to find a recording of that. Of the, like, from from Wayne's World yeah. specifically? Yeah. yeah. That would be pretty awesome. We might get... Is that fair use? Could we do that without getting sued? I think we Probably can do not. a lot of things without getting sued. <laughs> <laughs> See, people would have to listen for us to get sued. <laughs> Uh, okay. On that note, before we get started, I want to once again remind everyone to please vote for us in the uh, Monkeys vs. Robots People's Choice Awards for amateur podcasts. Oh yeah, this is going up this weekend, so they'll yep. still have time. Yep, you got time. until uh, We're rapidly approaching. I think it's the first end of the first week of February. Yeah, it's like February 7th or yeah, something. Whenever the Superb Bowl happens, uh, that's... Uh, that's roughly, I think, the fifth of February. Yeah, I looked it up ish. at some point. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a good landmark around yeah. around Super Bowl time when the gentle folk in tights run around the field. <laughs> that's when that's when the magic gentle happens. <laughs> yeah, anyway. it's a gentleman's okay. sport, don't you know? Um, <laughs> so yeah, vote for us because we're the best. Yay! And also, best. also review us on iTunes at, while you're at it, because then magic happens. Then people, more people will listen. Then more people will vote. Yep. All right. So we're back in the past, where there is no iTunes or amateur podcasting. At least not yes. yet. We'll get there. But first we have to, like, not die. Especially of food poisoning, which I feel like was probably a pretty bad thing in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty bad thing in the present. Yeah, but I mean, there were people were selling food, and you'd have, like, butchers that just have, like, meat hanging out, out in the sun. Some nice room-temperature meat. Aging. Yeah, it's aging, but not in... Like, in an even more gross way than it normally ages now. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Aging meat oh. now is still pretty gross, but... Okay, so we were going to talk about... Just to, just to jump ahead a little bit and ruin the story. Great. We were going to talk about um, food safety and how we could figure out a way to, like, keep food fresh. Mm -hmm. I think we should also tackle pasteurization. Okay. So food... Right. Food... It is... Crud, what's the word? Yummy? <laughs> <laughs> Delicious? No... Oh no! I've perishable. I've, I've derailed it. Yeah, no. It, it's like we we need. We, it's all kinds of ways of taking food which we have now and making sure that when we need it in Preserving the depths it. of winter. Yeah, preservation is a good one. Mm -hmm. But we want it like uh, in a general term, not like making preserves like jarring things. Although mm -hmm. jarring things is probably it's well within. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 well within the technology of the like the distant past. We mm. just didn't know to do it until. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't actually researched this. Well, no. If you think about it, if we'd no, understood, Canning was Canning was from the World War. No, it was like Napoleonic Wars. Oh, okay. It was the it was the end of the Napoleonic Wars. They started coming up with the idea of like jarring stuff. That's yeah. when Pasteur was around. But like Canning, Canning was was a military yeah, technology, like using metal. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were they were they were doing it with lead for a while, and that was bad. And mercury. They had lots of things that killed you in Canning for a long time. That's flavor. <laughs> a little bit of listeriosis, a little bit of lead. Uh, no, the lead, the lead keeps bacteria down. It's all good. So, do we want to start with like short term and then go long term? Yeah, like stuff. Okay. If we want to keep stuff for 
longer than a day. Can we can we make can we make a cool room? A cold cellar, as it were. <laughs> the cool room. <laughs> the cool room. Um I mean like Yeah, actual... if, you dig, if you dig a pit. Like I think traditionally, at least in like medieval esque times, they would just dig a pit under their house, like or like a room under their house, like a cold cellar. Mm-hmm. Hey. I mean, yeah, they still do that. They still <laughs> yeah. do that. Medieval times. <laughs> you know, cold cellars, like for medieval times. <laughs> but could we could we come up with a way to make it like even colder than just like ground temperature? I mean, it makes sense for it to be underground because then you got nice insulation. You don't need to like come up with fiberglass insulation or mm-hmm. something. Do we need a some kind of refrigerant or? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Is there like, or could we do it by pumping? I think I think you get colder for a while if you go further underground. What if you do some sort of like convective system where you have the food sitting in water with like with like some sort of like air flow over top of it? like do like a swamp cooler i don't know sure like okay so a swamp cooler is you have they use them sometimes in like the southern states and that to cool houses it's just you blow air over a surface that's got a bunch of water specifically so that like yeah it evaporates and then you're so you have your wet bulb temperatures and your dry bulb temperature and use that to cool air cool moisture isn't very good for storing food though that's a very excellent point could we do but you don't actually need to blow the like, air yeah, what if you over keep the the water separate, but still in contact. Well, like, no. Like what you do is like you take your air and you blow it through a whole bunch of fins that are constantly being like kept wet, and you have air blowing over top of that. Then as the air, as the water evaporates mm. off the fins, it cools the fins down, and then the fins are made of metal, and they cool the air down. So our existing plumbing system, we basically take a tap off, run it through some sort of copper heat exchanger fin system that we can build basically just some tubing and some copper sheets that we like weld to it or whatever uh, um, probably yeah. like solder to it and then that cools down the water in the pipe and the water in the pipe then goes through like a coil inside and some sort of like clay enclosure to give a little bit of insulation and that uh we put the food in there well or you just like you blow like you have your underground space which is like your like your cold cellar, and you have a blower that blows air up out of the underground space into your heat exchanger, and it just goes. It flows through like past uh, like past fins that are being cooled down on the other side by water. Mm. And, and then the air comes into your. And the air goes back down your into your enclosure. It, yeah, the enclosure's underground, so you're using the ground as the insulator. I see. Okay. And that'd be good because it's in the basement, so heating your house shouldn't heat it up too much because heat should rise. It's not going to heat up through the floor. Didn't we have a bathroom in the basement? Yeah, there's, there's a tube that comes basement, out of the right? floor that attaches to the communal pipe of death. Okay. <laughs> where, well, you, where you ride you ride. So we're going to need to separate those areas. Yeah, we're going to need a separate room for this. Okay. An yeah. antechamber, as it were. Well, or, I mean, assuming that our like our plumbing system is not, like, is well enough contained, you could have this in, like, a sub-basement. It could be below it, like, at a lower level the further you just d- want a sub basement so you can pretend you're harry dresden <laughs> the idea of a sub basement is always pretty awesome um yeah no but like the further down underground we are the better the insulation we're going to have so that's mm-hmm. probably an like advantageous yeah is there any kind of material that was existent back then that would also not kill us that we could use as an insulator like not asbestos but something i think most things at that point if you needed insulated it was like hay or like mm-hmm. thatch, mm. like it, that's probably the closest thing they had. Any kind of like loose fiber would do it. Though. I mean, straw is actually pretty good. They build straw bale houses, and the R factor is pretty high. Actually, yeah. I mean, it's not or low. Whatever is good. 
it's a high R factor, but it's not great per inch, but we're not really worried about making thin insulation. Yeah. So it would just yeah. be a matter of the only thing that would be hard to insulate well would be the door, I think. But I think if we had it well sealed and like a pretty solid wood door, wood is not a great conductor of heat either. So it wouldn't be terrible. Yeah, I think that could work. I, I We might have to think a little bit more about how the like the cooling system works, the swamp cooler. But I, that's more of a technical design question, yeah. which I like th- th- those things ex- exist. We could we could make them work if we sat down and did it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that keeps your stuff cool, like refrigerator temperature. You wouldn't really be able, probably wouldn't be able to run a freezer because you're never going to get any cooler than whatever the the wet bulb temperature is of your swamp cooler. So it's probably down around fridge temperature. Yeah, I mean, for, and then you have the opposite problem in the winter where you want to keep it from freezing. But you have an advantage there that in the winter, if you are deep underground, if you're below the frost line, you could just not circulate air. And mm-hmm. it'll stay at ground temperature, which should be above freezing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're also not keeping fresh food in the winter back in the day. True. That's fair. Yeah. We that's want, a, that's we, a very good point. <laughs> we want to keep things in there fresh for as long as possible. Like mm-hmm. we could put like kinds of fruit and stuff down there and it would probably be okay for a while. Yeah. They'd have to be in like barrels or something. Well, I mean, yeah. Then Then, then, then it's a question of like with fruits, then your best bet is to make it into some sort of like preserve i don't know don't they didn't they used to like take apples and put them inside barrels and just like seal them yeah apples are really good at the apples preserve really well yeah as long as long as they're as long as they don't get exposed to ethylene i mean tomatoes aren't going to work but you could always make like sun-dried tomatoes and just suck it up and deal yeah yeah i want to avoid like really low-tech stuff like dehydration or salting and stuff like that because that all existed at the time i think yeah, I mean you're you're looking Probably. at you're looking at in the summer you've got fresh fruits and veg in the winter you've got your typical winter fruits and veg like potatoes and right. onions and stuff like that. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's uh, let's move on to Pat. You wanted to pasteurize things. Mm-hmm. I like to pasteurize my milk and eggs. Okay. Although here, fun fact, I've been doing a lot of research on when hard boiled eggs go bad because I have some hard boiled eggs that have probably gone bad, <laughs> but I'm still eating them, <laughs> and uh, I discovered that fresh eggs last for about three and a half weeks and hard-boiled eggs last for about one week because when you boil it you compromise the membrane around the inside of the egg which means it's exposed mm. to bacteria mm. That's okay interesting. yeah so weirdly enough it's almost the exact same as the sac the placenta placenta not placenta no that the uh what sac i don't know what you're talking about in, in vitro the, the thing amniotic sac yeah is that That's not the, one. the same thing, essentially? No, because the, the placenta is just the 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 blood interface. Okay. Yeah, Shows how much sac. I know. Yeah, the amniotic sac. I am entirely unqualified to have a kid. Basically, when your water breaks, you're, the baby's immediately exposed to potential bacteria. Ah, uh, okay. This is the, the, this is the line you're trying to draw, yeah. is that the, the membrane inside the egg is yeah. the protective layer. Okay. Yeah. So how do they pasteurize eggs? I don't know if we should leave that part in the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> that's most confusing and gross. Um, <laughs> just like having a child. Only gross because I just looked at a Wikipedia page that was gross. <laughs> oh, that'll teach you for going on You pasteurize internet. eggs by increasing the temperature of the egg itself, or I guess the eggs themselves. We really should call Dom. That was his job for a long time. He would know. You increase it to a no, very... No, but see, pre- that's, that's cheating. The whole point is we have no yeah. idea what we're doing. So you increase the temperature yeah. to a specific point where it does not cook. Because if you set up your 
control system for your um, heater incorrectly, when you're pasteurizing egg, you get scrambled eggs. So you right. increase it to the point where it's not cooked, but it's also above the temperature the bacteria can survive at. Okay. And this is okay. – it's, so it's one of these things like instead of the high, high – because uh, like pasteurization can happen at a bunch of different temperatures. You can do it – you can have it at a low temperature, relatively low temperature for a long period of time, or you can have it at a high temperature for a short period of time. Or like with milk, they do like ultra high temperature pasteurization where they they bring it up to like hundreds of degrees but for – a couple seconds mm. under pressure. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. It, it goes a lot faster, but it also is harder to do. Yeah. And possibly like damages the food. Yeah. But uh, like we could, yeah, we can get, we can, we can pasteurize. All right. So pasteurizing eggs, then you'd need a re, a fairly f- like high accuracy temperature control then. Yeah. I mean, you, and the only other way you could really do it would be to do it by eye. Like you'd have to go too high. And then be like, oh, I got scrambled eggs. And then you eat them. And then <laughs> and then you go a little bit too low and you're like, oh, I got I diphtheria. Got, I, can't, I got a death disease. <laughs> and then generations later, you figure it out. Um, okay. And that's actually a really interesting question. Is there a way to tell temperature at that time? Is there a way to, to accurately measure temperature? Um, I mean, we could make bimetal uh thermometers yeah yeah easy like the any two metals you should be able to uh to make a thermometer calibrating the thermometer is gonna be the hard thing Mm -hmm. yeah well you can calibrate it based on boiling water but that's not you know like that's a single ice and yeah you've got zero and 100 degrees (laughs) we can we can make the centigrade scale because centigrade makes a heck of a lot more sense than fahrenheit yeah um no i i i think I mean the 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 deflection of of a bimetal a bimetallic strip should be fairly linear. Yeah. So if you've got zero and a hundred degrees, you should be able to get a pretty good idea of where you are between those two points because it, it should be fairly linear. And you could probably do some calibration by taking if you have a certain amount of water at a certain temperature, like you've got a certain amount of boiling water. And a certain mm-hmm. amount of water that's sitting at a, at another value. Oh, and you them mix together. them and yeah. assume it. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you get yeah. water that's like right down at freezing. So you mix like water. like a liter of ice water and a liter of boiling water and assume it's fifty degrees Celsius. Approximately, yeah. yeah. I, the, I don't oh, okay. I, I don't know if that would be accurate enough to do what we're talking about with eggs. Well, if, <laughs> it depends on what the tolerance is. Yeah, I don't. It's not actually, a bad system for making just a thermometer. Yeah. if that's what we want. I don't entirely know what the what the how what the tolerances are like on pasteurizing egg bonus episode. We've created a thermometer. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So what else we've got, uh, a kind of refrigerator. We've got a way to pasteurize stuff possibly. Well, I mean like that's eggs are particularly bad because we're worried about an upper limit on the pasteurization temperature, but you could do something like milk where you put it in a container that is fairly like that's sealed Mm -hmm. except for like maybe a place for gas to get out and then you boil it like you put it in immerse it in boiling water Mm -hmm. then it should it'll pasteurize because it'll come Mm -hmm. up to as it comes up close to boiling Mm -hmm. or maybe just like just short of boiling Mm -hmm. um then, then you should be able to pasteurize milk fairly easily yeah and then at the same time i mean the the go-to solution back in the day was drink beer as opposed to water <laughs> and uh yeah but we have we have clean water we had the whole filtration system that's true so we don't we don't need small beer we need we need more nutritious drinks so everyone's not stumbling around half drunk all the time eh, 
could be worse. <laughs> that way they're not aware of how horrible it yeah. is living in the just, past. Just only eat, only eat uh, scrambled eggs. Yes. Don't, don't eat uh, raw eggs. So, I mean, I, after all of this, I suppose our final destination needs to be how to preserve meat. Yeah. Well, could could we can things? I mean... Oh, yeah. Canning, sure. I, I mean, canning is... You could pot yeah. meat, like potted meat. Yeah. The I mean, kind of way they... The enemy when you're canning is the same as the enemy when you're not canning. It's like listeria and a bunch of other like noxious bacteria and stuff like that. Have either of you guys actually like made preserves of any kind? I've watched. Nope. Okay. You you boil you boil your jars and your lids and everything so you yeah. get everything extremely clean. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you mix your fruit if you're making jam, which I've only ever made. You mix your fruit with a crap ton of sugar mm-hmm. and um, pectin. Which makes it jammy. Yeah. And well, then you put it in the jar and you close the lid okay. and then you put it underwater again, I think, which is, which seals it and activates it and stuff. Well, I think you're, yeah, cause you want, you want to put it under the water and then you boil it so that yeah. the air inside expands and it pushes out air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, then you're, pull, you're the pulling, yeah. like, pulling a slight vacuum inside the container. Exactly. So we have to figure out a way to make cans or jars, really. That's the main impediment. Well, and also like to figure out what we're going to make. Cause like jams are nice cause they're, they're so high in sugar that they're hydrophilic. And so bacteria don't tend to like be able to live there. Yeah. I mean, even if you open a, a jar of jam and there's mold on top, you can just spoon it off and keep eating the jam. Well, and, and mold is one of the few things that'll grow. Like fungi, right. fungus can grow on it because it's not as worried about like moisture, but like most bacteria mm. won't live in jam because it's so got so much sugar in it. There's mm. not a, there's not enough free water for the bacteria to survive. Mm. Are we assuming we have access to sugar? Uh, that's a good that's question. Excellent I mean, question. we have fruit. Uh, we're going to have to go like, can we make sugar? Or do we just like, we how just have very sugary sugar? fruits? Like, how do you make sugar if you don't have sugar cane? Do you have to, you have to like. You can make it out of beets. Do you like dry fruit juice and you get fructose or something? Like. I guess so. I mean, like you, like they have sugar beets and you can make, you could extract sugar from like anything that's mildly sweet. But how do you like, do you like boil it and then dry the result and then scrape it up and call it sugar? I guess so. I, I don't actually know. I mean, you, you have, if I you, have it, no idea. If sure. you have fruit juice and you filter it, the, like what makes fruit juice different from just straight sugar water is like fruit bits. Isn't it? I am assuming that if if you treat it the same way as you would treat salt water to make salt, is like you take you take fruit water and you dry it, you but, like evaporate off the water and you get. Yeah. Fruit powder. Okay. Well, okay, let's, I, I do know how they make sugar from sugar cane, which is just they like, they squish the sugar cane. You end up with like sugar water mm-hmm. and then you filter it to make it like as clear as possible. And then you let it crystallize. Oh. And then you centrifuge it. Centrifuge it is a great name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you just, you boil off water until the sugar concentration in the fluid is high enough that that starts to crystallize out of the, out of the fluid. Mm. And then the same the, way you make maple syrup, maple sugar out of maple syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Except for like with that, you're trying to trap as much of like the flavors in the liquid in the crystal as possible. Mm. Um, yeah. Whereas what you'll, I think what you'll do with sugar water is you'll boil it and then you'll let it start to crystallize in the liquid and then you centrifuge it. So the crystals come out to the, like the liquid comes off and you're left with the crisp, just the crystals. And then you take that liquid and you boil it some more. And then you centrifuge it some more and you end up with like molasses and sugar hmm. and the molasses is what's left over. It's all the sugar caney bits that were in your original sugar cane juice. 
So I, like, I think you could do the same thing with fruit you, or with like some sort of sweet fruit. You just have to accept that like whatever you were going to end up with is probably going to taste like whatever you got your sugar from. Which is fine. I mean, if you're making jam and you take a bunch of the fruit and you make it into fruit sugar and then you add all the fruit sugar to your fruit mm-hmm. in your jam, you're going to end up with just really powerful fruit jam. <laughs> That's a powerful fruit jam. <laughs> uh yeah yeah i think <laughs> that, that, and that's fine for for for, for uh like fruits mm-hmm. the question is could we do it with something that isn't fruit like if you want to preserve vegetables yeah i mean you well you can pickle, pickle. Ooh, yeah exactly pickles yeah okay no, so just pickle generally how do we get vinegar i guess they have vinegar it's the, i'm sure they had vinegar in roman times where does vinegar come from wine oh shit i know this i mean shoot <laughs> i know this shucks um, i learned about this recently on a on a alton brown's podcast you take he's so awesome you take wine and you just put it in a warm area for a long time and it turns into vinegar it just gets gross yeah and then you out of that grossness comes vinegar yeah so and so you get different vinegars from different wines yeah okay cool so you we could pickle things in like wine vinegar mm-hmm. um i've i've done like that before it's just a matter of like boiling them like you get well actually depends on what on what kind of pickling you're doing because there's also ones where you create like a brine and you let like crazy bacteria live there that one's a lot more of our like system of you make pickles and then see if they kill you (laughs) it's like we make eggnog or something (laughs) (laughs) um okay i i I think we could probably make like make canning or like jar preservation work can we can meat can we do actual like canning can we make spam? <laughs> Can we make spam? Actually, yeah. Spam's pretty good. It's not bad. It's 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 a lot better than people give it credit for. And, and we want to can the meat as opposed to another method of... Like drying it or making jerky or something like that, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like salted meat salted, is kind of yeah. gross. Um, Could it... we breed animals that are small enough that when you kill them to eat them, you get like a reasonable amount of food and not an outrageous amount of food? Like, so your preservation method is just keeping the animals alive? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, you, you put them on life support. <laughs> you put you put, their in, you put them in the basement <laughs> on life support. That's so much worse than what I said. <laughs> Uh, that that is probably the that is the traditional method of just having animals and killing them when you want to eat them. Yeah, and I, and I guess then your meat would probably last long enough in your cold cellar. The question is, uh, the the big thing is if you wanted to like travel and not have to bring your animals with you, or you don't have animals. Like I'm, I mean, I'm assuming if you're in the middle of the city, it's prohibitively difficult to. What have if a I cow? want like tuna fish in the middle of winter? <laughs> I want I want to be able to put well, fish in a can. I don't think you, you can have tuna fish at all tuna. if you're in Roman times. <laughs> Well, they got some sort of fish. It's the Mediterranean. It's not tuna. Okay, whatever. I want tuna is worth nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I want like sardines, but I don't want to. Actually, I guess you could probably get that from the ocean whenever. But you're, you're right. How do you do like canned sardines or mussels yeah, or whatever? Like exactly, that? canned goods. They're in oil. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure that's like important to the way that they're canned. Though. What if you, you just can put can all sorts water. of other stuff in oil? What if you put like meat in oil? I'm like, not sure. Like olive oil. Oh, the oil will go bad if you get if it's exposed to bacteria. Oil yeah, goes, goes rancid. Uh, rancid is air. That's oxidization, I think. So that's exposure to air. But oh. the bacteria will still eat like stuff floating in oil. I don't think it's bothered that much by it. Hmm. Um, so no, pickled meat. But there's no oxygen. You can totally yeah. You can pickle meat, but I imagine that'd be gross. Um, there's no oxygen though if you if you immerse food inside oil. 
Well, there's, I don't know. I, I, like, how do they normally can things? Can we, we, first of all, can we make a can? We, I think we can make a can. I don't think we can make a can. You don't how, think we can? I don't think we can make how a can. How are you going to make a can? Um, okay. Let me, like, th- let me think about this for Assuming we have sheets of copper or something, I guess you could make a can with, but you'd have to use, like, you have to solder it or something. Like, how do you, how do you prevent the lead-based solder from killing you? <laughs> well, I mean, most cans now are not soldered. They're just, like, they're pressed together. What if we use our glass blowing system? What if you, like, insert the food inside the blown glass ball? And then close the glass ball? Yeah. And then when you want it, you just smash it against the wall. And you pick the pieces of glass out of your food. <laughs> wow. Okay. Genius. That's not as stupid as it sounds. No, you, whack, actually, you, seal, it. you seal it with wax or something. Like it, yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, well, actually, you, you could theoretically, you could seal it. Like Part of it is you need, to be able to, you need to be able to let the air get out while you're pasteurizing it. What about wax? How long does wax last for? Like, how long does a baby bell last? <laughs> a baby bell cheese? I have no idea. Um, but it, that's actually not a bad, that's actually not terrible though. Like, okay, if you, if you, you, okay, you form your, you have a sheet of copper or a sheet of some sort of metal, probably not copper. I think copper is bad. We probably die of some <laughs> sort of metal. Bad. So maybe like tin or, yeah, okay. I don't think we can get aluminum at this point. Bauxite is, no. is no. prohibitively hard to, yeah. Um, you take tin and you make it into a sheet. And then you, like, you use a press form to press that into a can, like the bottom half of a can shape. Hmm. Right? Okay. And then you, then you take another sheet of, of it and you put it on top and you, like, bend it down around the outside and then you, like, seal it with, like, wax, wax or whatever. Yeah. Um, that could work. With, like, a little gap and then you boil it hmm. in, like, you immerse it and boil it so that it, same as sort of like jarring. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you, so yeah. So you make, you make your, your negative. You put a squirrel inside, you put the lid on, and mm-hmm. then you boil the squirrel. Yeah. And then... A dead squirrel, right? Well, well, eventually. Can you imagine trying to shove a live squirrel into a can? <laughs> eventually? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get in trouble for that one. Yeah. That um, was in poor taste. I'm going to be a vegetarian <laughs> And in it the would past. also have poor taste. <laughs> okay, so Abby's a vegetarian, so she has no problems now. Um, I'm actually mostly vegetarian also. <laughs> Pete only eats squirrels. <laughs> um, yeah, so you put it in and then you boil it. And then actually probably once it's sealed with wax, if you really wanted to, you could then solder the outside with some sort of like lead if you really wanted to be sealed mm-hmm. after the fact just for like more permanence. But then the advantage there is like the solder is on the outside of the can, hopefully protected from your food by wax. Yeah, that's really neat. You end up with basically like a food bullet. Yep. I could deal with that. A bullet full of meat. Meat bullet. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. I think we've covered all our bases. Is there anything, any other kind of, like, food preservation we want to try? I think um, we're good. Is there any kind of no. food we can't currently use one of our systems that you're like, man, I want this particular kind of food? Pop-tarts. No. Well, they don't need to. They're just, like, wrapped in. What about, uh, but what about something like, like, craft Dinner where you have, like... Dehydrated like, cheese. Dehydrated stuff. Yeah, like, dehydrated cheese or dehydrated, like... I can't think of anything. I else think that they're dehydrated. all they're all vacuum dehydrated. Yeah. So can, could, we make, could, can we, we make vacuum? Could we vacuum free? Like yeah, like, the same as they they use in space. <laughs> can we make space food? Well, they don't make it. That, <laughs> I don't think they use it in space. They use it on the ground to go to space. But no, no, no. Like the the vacuum sealed food that they eat, like the little pouches of like like the like 
rations and stuff like that, that you have in the armed forces uh i think that's just another form of like it's freeze-dried it's cooked past oh you mean you're, you're talking about like the mres or whatever yeah you mix with like boiling water and you uh, get like instant meatloaf or something i think i think that's just a matter of being able to pull a vacuum because you're you, you, it, it like the food essentially boils mm. in a vacuum and all of the moisture comes out of it what is what is freeze-drying it's i think it's the same thing only done at high temperature or low temperature low temperature I don't actually know how freeze drying works. I have no idea. But I mean, it's it's the the the, essential, mm. the idea is that you're trying to drive the moisture out of whatever you have so that it is inert. Yeah. And I think at the time, probably we're not going to be able to pull extreme, like create extremely low temperatures. We might be able to make a vacuum flask. I'd have to think about that. I'm not sure I could come up with an answer for that right now. All right. Well, we'll think about it. I think at this point we've. Uh, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Talking about all this food. Yeah. That's what we get for recording at lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we've we've staved off death in the past. We we can make it through the winter. Good work, everyone. Yeah. Yay. If there if there's something that you as a listener can think of that you would like us to have preserved in the past that we could not do, or just make in the past. Oh yeah. Or yeah, ideas for other episodes. We 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 enjoy these. They're kind of fun. They're also kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but that's that's partial partially why we like them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, get in touch with us at uh, feedback at how do you eng. Right. And uh, if you are not currently listening there, you can listen to our podcasts at howdoyou.engineer. You can oh, also yeah. find our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, and you can talk to us on Facebook and Twitter's at howdoyoueng. 